from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. is dead long live the king thought it was long live the queen no it's either <laughs> oh, okay it depends on which one died yeah so uh, who's the new king that's a good question i don't even know who the old king is <laughs> everybody tells me it's Federer, but yet djokovic is better than Federer. so if djokovic is better than Federer, and Federer is the greatest of all time <laughs> ergo i don't know what ergo means but uh I say Djokovic is the greatest of all te- time, and now he's not. Yeah, by the way, I, I put our argument out, your argument out in my drill this morning, and people weren't too thrilled. My with argument, you dirty. <laughs> well, I've adopted it, but people weren't too thrilled with it. I said, yeah, everybody else sucks. The top three are maybe great, definitely good. Definitely good. <laughs> no, they're great. And everybody they're great. Was, and everybody was like, no wonder nobody liked what it. What do you mean? They're amazing. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they're not beating anybody. You suck at talking to humans. <laughs> Golly. No, um, they're great. They're yes. all-time greats. But understand where we're at and have some perspective, people. And you you, you, you didn't exactly, you said they all suck. <laughs> I don't know. But what I did add to your argument is that nobody, we, we talked nobody, which Djokovic losing this tournament helps or hurts that argument, but nobody will ever call Djokovic the greatest of all time, even if he surpasses Federer. In my opinion, well, they're suckers. They're wrong because Federer's game looks so incredible, and he's dominated for so long, and he's playing at thirty-seven. Well, it doesn't matter when Djokovic wins twenty-five slams. That's the same argument that they say when they go out and beat somebody who doesn't quote unquote <laughs> play real tennis. Right. They didn't play real my tennis. My game looks better. <laughs> yeah, well, I hit real strokes. Yeah, well, you miss everything. <laughs> the job is to get the ball in the court one more time than the other guy or yeah. girl or both or either. Someone just texted me, in fact, on the way here and said, you know, Novak's game Why are game you texting and driving? <laughs> Novak's game isn't very aesthetic. And I said, I didn't realize that was a criteria for yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, That's so pitiful. Yeah, I don't, I've never understood that argument. I love people. Federer's game looks so graceful. Yeah, well, I can look graceful, too. That doesn't mean that I'm better than the person I'm playing. Can you? Uh, no, I probably can't. Right. You're, you're probably... If I don't hit any backhands, maybe. Mm-mm. But, yes... We had a new a new champion. The exact outcome we said we wanted, right? Look, better is the greatest of all time. He's the king. For now. No. Undisputed, <laughs> apparently. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I know you don't feel this way, so who are you talking And so for? on top of that, so now you take that, and now Djokovic is better than he is. Right. And has been for a long time. But, Coach, he's not in his prime. That's why. But he was when he the bulk of their matches happened. Right. Uh, that he is ahead on the standings, yeah. head-to-head. So, really, Djokovic is the greatest of all time. But now he's not because Kachinoff is, or Hatchinoff. Right. Sorry, Silent K. Sorry, Brad Gilbert. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't need your nickname. It's probably better than Special K, I guess. Oh, my know. God. Let me tell you something, all right? So, first of all, his name is Karen, which, listen, it's Russia. His last name is, starts with a K-H, but the K is silent. So, our dear... Uh, Dick Vitale wannabe calls him Silent K, <laughs> and it wears me out. I I'm over it. I'm I'm 100 over it. I tried to give it the old college try, 
I can't take the nicknames anymore. I, I think can't a take a lot it. of people are over his. I can't take because it. it's just too repetitive. And it's and it means nothing. It means nothing. He 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 says nothing except <laughs> all these emojis and all what happened. Right. Now, granted, it's on Twitter. So what well, do you want? And as, I will take criticism for being monotone. But as somebody has told me, when I do get excited, it means something. <laughs> when you're excited about every single thing that you see, it doesn't mean anything. Brad Gilbert's excited about every match on every court and every tournament. And it's like fake excitement, like you said. Right. Oh, I just, I just, I don't care about all that. That's fine. Do whatever you want. Just with the nicknames, <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done. I can't take it. Well, anymore. and he's the ten years later. He's the only person that calls these people these names. Right. It's not like he started a trend. No. Um, but any publicity is good. I get whatever. Anyway, uh, they're pit- they're they're wearing me out. So anyway, <laughs> so uh, hatching off defeats Djokovic. Who, uh, you know, based on the, his previous match against Federer, both who who were both in fine form and played a knockdown drag out, um, so they that was a good match. Then you carry on over. Djokovic looks good and gets beat. Right. And I thought it was wait for it, wonderful. <laughs> How about that for a positive? Spin? I know. It I mean, was wonderful. I said we. I thought we'd find a way to make this negative, but we really. This is what we said we wanted. We wanted a good match with the big three playing each other, and then somebody to actually beat them in a meaningful point in the tournament. Right. Don't don't skate through on the other half by you know beating people on on Jack Sox half. Okay, that's <laughs> God, what I'm did you not think him. he was going to make the finals? By the way, after I was going to win, I was going to cancel the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> he looked good. It pains me to say. You listen to me. All right, I get it. We're a negative podcast generally, and I'm a <laughs> negative person. I'm really not, actually. It's just when I'm trying to make changes, you have to say, hey, this is not good. You're not going to change something Let's that's great. make it better. Right. And so how do you not say something's not good enough if you're not trying to change it? Yeah. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, Jack, Jack Sock, that's, that's pure negative, and nobody out there, no one out there listening probably better care about whether I'm <laughs> negative about Jack Sock or not. By the way, isn't it a sign that your best tournament of the year you lose 500 points? <laughs> I mean, literally, that's the best he's played all year and he lost 500 points. Uh, I don't know what his ranking is now, but I don't think it's in the top 40. No, uh, I think he's like 105 or something. Is it really that bad? I hope. <laughs> I mean, he was seated recently. He, I couldn't think he'd be that far down, but I don't know. But yeah, we got what we wanted. Federer and Djokovic played an incredible three-set match that they both really wanted to win, it seemed like. And then, so what I was going to ask is, if that matches straight sets for Djokovic, does he lose the final? Hmm. Well, apparently he was whining about not feeling well. Um, but yeah, see, I don't think the fatigue was necessarily the issue. I don't even know if I buy what he, you know, look, everybody feels how they feel. Just get out there and play. Go, don't play if you feel bad. I admittedly didn't see the whole match, but what I saw, oh looks, my God. he looked normal. You're treating like it's women's tennis. What are you doing? <laughs> He, it looked normal. He, yeah. He, I didn't see any obvious deficiencies in his game outside of what he normally does. Yeah, and Hatchinoff looked great. I mean, he right. wasn't just you know he wasn't just crushing balls. He was doing everything. And he's looked great since the Open. Yeah, good for him. And I had no idea he was that highly ranked either. He's now, I assume, he qualified for the Masters with that. I don't have any clue. Uh, he's pretty close because he was number eleven going into the tournament, and you would think adding a thousand points has to make you in the top eight. They still had him on the list on the bottom of the screen for the... That's my source of information. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm thinking he had to still be able to qualify if he's still on the list. 
Well, so does this change anything in our argument that this is the weakest era? No, I think we always say this no matter what happens, but I was going to say it bolsters our argument because we've said that the 18 to 23 year olds are better than the 23 to 30 year olds. Right. And that's just what we, I mean, none of these other guys, none of the guys from 23 to 30 can beat the big three, but these guys already are beating them in important matches. Well, I don't know. And again, to me, remember, so what we're talking about is the grouping of like Zverev, Team, Korich. It doesn't matter how old they are. Right. It matters what group, like they didn't develop. How long they've been on the tour, essentially. Well, not even that. It's like at some point, if you're not top 20, you're not quite fully developed yet, and you have the ability to get to the top 20. Right. You know, Zverev is three right now. Team is four. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I don't care how old they are. They're here. Right. Yeah, if you're not winning against the big three when you're ranked in the top five, when are you going to win? When they're hobbled, you know, in a <laughs> playing two tournaments a year? Right. So, you know, so now the, the, the trick is where do we – where do we put Hatchinoff in that grouping? Right. Uh, he's a little bit later than Zverev and those guys. Um, you know, he's 22, even though he looks like he's 50. <laughs> um, but he's just, I mean, he hasn't been a factor since the last few months. So like you said, he's totally still developing. Right. Because, I mean, you know, because Zverev is 21. He's younger. To but me, he, it's sort of like what you said. When your ranking's still going up, you're still in the – once you've plateaued, I mean, Team and Zverev have, this, have this been around the same ranking for year, two years now. I mean, Zverev's been the top five all year. Right, and, and plateauing at number three in the world is not a bad plateau. Right. But when there's such a gap yeah, between – beat the other and he's, and four. He's, it's not like he's three in the world or where, whatever he is now because he's beaten the four. Right. No, 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 no. He's three because they're slipping, because they're hurting themselves. Yeah. Andy Murray hasn't played in a year. Yeah, and I'm sure he has wins over those people, but not in not in the biggest stage. So that's what I, you know, that's what I always measure. Well, that's going to be the argument, though, against is is that, you know, he's older, but to me he's not older in terms of tour time. Well, and to me what you're trying to figure out is, is, is Verev, team, and those guys, are they going to be the Davidenko of the tour, which is basically, you know, he was top four in the world probably five years and never made it to a Grand Slam semi, maybe once. I don't even think he made it once and then never beat a big four player in a major. And that's so far what they've done. They've not beaten any big four player in a major. Number one, you got to make it to play the big four. And number two, you actually got to beat him if you do play him. Zverev can't even make it to their round to play him. Right. So here's an, you know, so one of them's... so Zverev is 21, and Hatchinoff is 22, but they both turned pro in 2013. So that just gives you an idea right. that it's, you know. Oh, by the way, here's another tidbit of um, on why uh, already I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but already uh, Djokovic has made more total prize money than anybody in the history of the game. Serena Williams would beg to differ. <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Andy Murray, for chiming into the podcast. Um, well, he's he's the, all the prize money goes up every year, so I assume that's why. I know. Still, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. it. Every time you hear somebody say, 
better is the greatest of all time. Just say, oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you, says the Djokovic fan. <laughs> You're making my right. argument. Yeah. No, I just, I can't wait for Djokovic because I'm now, I'm, I'm completely done a 180. I'm, Djokovic is going to pass Federer in slams. Um, and so now it's, yeah. I can't wait for people to not call Djokovic the greatest of all time. When everybody has said that it's all slams, he's going to have more Masters titles. He already has more Masters titles than Federer. And, he's and has have, won all of them. Right, he's going to have more slams. So that's those, no one else ever talks about anything else about Federer except for that. If um, Nadal can't get past him on clay for the rest of both of their, as long as they're both playing, yeah, it's over. It's over. Well, and Djokovic will also finish his career with probably two of every slam. Right. Which uh, nobody's ever done. Right. Um, so that's that's going to be a big strike against Federer, too. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so yeah, so get back to your point. Yes, this was exactly what we were hoping for. And to some degree, it is proof that somebody could be good enough but they haven't been yet. And now if, if Hatchinoff and Tsitsipas and, you know, some of the Aliasim right. and Shapovalov. Shapovalov and who else is younger, younger? Uh, Tiafo. Chung, maybe. I don't know how old he is officially, but he's kind of disappeared lately. Well, they're, put it this way. They're the next next gen. Right. That's what I call them because the next gen are skipping the next gen so they can play in the main gen. <laughs> right. Um, well, and Kachanov, well, he's not even young enough for the next gen. Well, who knows? I, I think they do 21 and under, don't they? I don't know. I think so. They'll change it. But Zverev definitely won't do it regardless. Yeah, because he's, yeah. He skipped it last year. And Chung won it last year, so he I doubt he's going to play it two years in a row. So here, well, here's the next gen children. That's the next tournament coming up. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about let's talk we'll talk about that in the second half like we plan to. <laughs> Just kidding, we don't plan anything. All right, so this is what I want to see start happening. I want to see four or five guys that can push the big two, hopefully three, when right. Nadal gets his life together. He might be finished. And I'm not saying because he can never do it again, and I doubt him, but I doubt his you know, his knee, right. medical, you know, science or whatever. Medical science. Um <laughs> So this is exactly what what we want to see happen, and this is the kind of environment that makes you say, oh, okay, wow. So the depth of men's tennis is such that a person gets 20-plus, and now, okay, awesome. They are the greatest ever, or they have achieved the most ever in a real setting. Yeah, exactly. They earn their matches, and that's, that was the other thing about this tournament. You had you know competitive matches all the way through the tournament also. Because if you have crap matches and then the final's great, that's still just one person pushing them. So now, I'm sorry that I'm um, going going against my beliefs, but the Paris Masters is stupid, I thought. And what do they do? They mess around, they mess around and have a really good tournament. I know. And a good tournament to where... You know, when Federer and Djokovic are playing each other, they're both hollering and yelling and, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you could definitely tell they cared about it. And it might just be, because, I mean, let's face it, nobody likes Djokovic, not even Federer, nobody, right? They don't, and... and nor should no, they. No, Look at his hair. No amount Looks of like a win, Lego guy. No amount of wins he has is going to change that. That's what I think is funny. Like, I think he literally thinks if he keeps winning, he's going to get more fans, and probably he will get more, but he'll never... Because that's not the issue. 
it's just his personality. He looks sour all the time. Well, first of all, if he does that heart thing one more time, that's <laughs> well, his he probably- do it today. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yes, that's why I wanted to lose. But no, he won a twenty-shot rally, and he did just like he looked like a grin, quick grin to the st- to the stands. Nothing. I mean, it's just not. You don't even want to root for him because it's not even going to be. <laughs> it's, it's not even exciting when he does something amazing. Well, I am uh, a little more of an educated fan, okay, than you are. <laughs> so I actually just appreciate him for his tennis. I don't oh, yeah, care about all that garbage. I just hate his. When he throws his heart to four sides of the court, I hate it. I hate it. I hate, you want negative? I I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. If <laughs> well, I p- want to punch my TV every time he does it. What did you think of the uh, the battle of our future stars, Verev and Kachanov, in the quarters? Six one six two. Kachinov. I'm sorry. Did you say future stars or has been? <laughs> six one six two. He's the number a ha- four player in the world loses. He's a has been already. I mean, how can he finish his year with any confidence? I mean, he's got the year in, but still. Well, but Hatchinoff beat team four and one, so that just tells you how great he was playing. I mean, yeah, he was no, rolling, no, no, he true. Through three good players in a row. Well, three players that are supposedly that next group, but now again, like I said, next next gen is what's going to get them. I so know, I'm, I'm being proven right right before your very eyes. <laughs> I know one thing that we talked about last week. We we're excited about was the. Uh, Dimitrov's new coach did that did you ever do that get any airtime or no uh they talked about it a little bit but I I you know who knows who knows because it's not like he hasn't played brilli- brilliantly before yeah so I you know uh, and again come on now he just came in <laughs> in a in a um advisory role well and he lost to chill at six and four which I feel like not a bad not a bad result yeah 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 once again you can lose to people just don't look like you don't know what you're doing for a living it's ridiculous <laughs> right so no, he yeah yeah yeah. So I I don't have any idea about that, but I'm looking forward to that uh, in the future, in the future. So no no no. But like I said, um, the main the, the the two things that I was mad about, no one had to come in here and talk about it on this podcast. Were fine, fine. The Paris Masters is wonderful, fine. So I had to accept that it was a good tournament, and it makes me mad because it's a dumb tournament. Why is it out in the outskirts of the season? Well, weren't you shocked that Novak is playing so much tennis after just being out for playing so much tennis? <laughs> like, I know he wants to get back to form and all that, but it's like, it seems like he's totally risking it. the same injuries again. Like, uh, I, I get know. he wanted to be number one and all that. I mean, and I didn't know until this year they get ranking points, or not ranking points, um, some kind of prize money or something for being number one. I never knew that till this year. I forget what they called it. They called it something. Bonus or something? Bonus or something, yeah. Anywho. Uh, but it's just weird to me. He's playing so much tennis. Well, but see, any of that, like I've talked about that before. I think it was with Chorich or somebody. But, you know, it's easy for us to say because it looks like a video game to us. But, you know, he's he's l- worried daily about guys like catching off, hatching off, hatching up to him. <laughs> I mean, catching up to him. Uh, you know, I mean, he's... Right. You know, he's in a run for his life every day. And, you know, to maintain the level you're at, you have to have the mentality that you got to stay ahead of everybody. So, I mean, I can't imagine that he would do something if it got too detrimental, right. you know, where he felt like, wow, this is really hurting. But beyond that, I think he's probably pretty attuned to, you know, how he's feeling. And he's got to play. Right. He's got to. 
when I was reflecting what we were talking about too, is it's, it's amazing that here we are about to be in the second week of November and we're playing really important tennis when we start, they started back in mid January. <laughs> it's just the only sport. It's not important tennis. That that would happen. <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> well, right. you can't say that after yesterday. No, no, no. It, it's not important in and of itself. Now for our theories and what we look at, it's important to us, but right. it's not important. The season's over. Right. You know, you got a little bit of jockeying for position at the bottom. And, you know, I mean, this was important for Jack Sock. He backed his <laughs> way right on into it last right. year, didn't he? Right. To get into the uh, yeah, he year his end. Way out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, he ran straight forward. <laughs> he, yeah. No, he ran out of it t- this year. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's important for some. And jockeying well, we've talked for about posi- that what it's important for is the, you know, yeah, that eighth spot, there's a little drama of who's going to make the eight. But, I mean, uh, somebody someone will text me or cry. I was about to say, when's the last time the eight spot person made the finals? But I'm sure it happened probably last year. <laughs> somebody will text me saying it just happened last year, Corey. But I mean, they make a bigger deal out of it. It's like who makes who's going to get the last at large bid in the NCAA yeah. tournament. It's like who cares? They're going right. to lose first or second round. Well, even if even if they don't, it's still listen to make that tournament. I guess it's great. Um, and so for that little bit, but it's a fake sense of that because it's like. This should have been decided the day after the U.S. Open. Yeah. And now you do this long, extended, you know, postseason crap to filly around with, you know, mess around with trying to figure out who's going to be in the top eight. And it's like, eh. To me, it's it's anticlimactic for that. For them, it's not. If right. you're the If you're the 9-10 trying to be the 8-7, okay, it's it's dramatic and it's, it is, it's important. <laughs> Ask Isner. But would anybody have been surprised if Federer and Djokovic just the day after the U.S. Open said, all right, See you guys, you know, at the Australian Open, because what reason would they have not to do that? Right, I mean, or or I'll see you at the year end if we're right. You know, I mean, they could very easily do that, and yeah, they got a risk of a few other guys, you know, gaining on them or catching up to them. But they know that if they make the semis or quarters of every slam, they're going to be ranked in the top ten regardless, just based on four tournaments. Well, Federer in particular, because he's he's on the tail end and he knows right. it, and so he's just like, look, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get it ready for the Australian and all these other things can kind of go by the wayside <laughs> except Dubai <laughs> uh, all these exhibitions I'll play for loads of cu- right. money but um, but you know Djokovic is not in that position yet he wants to win everything all the time and I think Feder or Nadal I think would be too he right. just can't well I think it tells you maybe we don't value the Masters tournaments as much as they do just in terms of prestige I mean because we know it's a thousand points which is a big deal but I think there's a prestige that we don't necessarily. Yeah, I feel. want it. No, no, no. It in and of itself, it's wonderful. Just move it. Right. Put it somewhere else, or or have an indoor season and let it culminate in, you know, a, a fifth Grand Slam. Yeah. You'd have to change the name because Grand Slam means four, right? Yep. So. Yeah. Good point. Oh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, I uh, I stand corrected. I stand corrected on Paris <laughs> this year. Right. Because I got know last year was a farce. <laughs> yeah, if Jack Sock won it this year, would you be saying, wow, what a great... No, we'd be saying, oh, well, they need to cancel We'd be saying he needs to play only in Paris from now on. Just <laughs> Except for tournament. French Open. Yeah, not yeah, that either. So, you know, but I stand corrected in terms of what I thought was going to happen. It turned out to be an, a really good tournament. You know, good quality all the way through, compelling matchups, and a fun, fun result. Well, I made a total fool of myself this morning, as I usually do, because I said... Uh, who cares about the finals? We know what's going to happen. And then I turned it on and I said, wow, we totally didn't know what was going to happen. Well, 
Djokovic got up a break 3-1. That's what I saw. And I was like, oh. I said, here we go. No, the same as always. Yeah, I got to have my same old spiel coming in to record tonight. That's right. what I was thinking. And uh, and he turned, he got, he broke right back and got three all. And I was like, well, I'll be. Yeah, that was. Is that the most? That's probably the most surprising finals result of the year. Um, I mean, obviously they all run together, but we didn't have any shocking Grand Slam finals for the men, so that's got to be the biggest one. Yeah, well, I will say this. Do you think Djokovic cared more about the Federer match than he did the final? Um, Good question. I know, it's a great question. I would say yes. And so do you think, meaning that there was a little bit of a letdown in the final? Yeah, I mean, he was getting after, they were both, come on, you know, right. and whatever they say in their languages. And, uh, you know, and it's it's hard to... It's hard to look across the net at somebody that Brad Gilbert calls Silent K, and and think that you know, hey, he he's got more he's got more on the line in his mind against this kid right. than he does the greatest of all time, who he's seemingly chasing. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, what do you think that the are the three biggest factors on determining who's better between Federer and Djokovic in terms of their careers, head to head? Yeah, so there you go. Is number the first one head to head is number one, and the reason it's number one is because we're an individual sport, right? And it well, all right. Let me just say this: it only matters head to head only matters if everything else is relatively close. So if if we go through an entire season and Federer is forty five and one on the season, right? And Djokovic is one in forty five, <laughs> and the only match they played was against each other was that one that. That Djokovic won, right. then obviously he's not the better player. Yeah. He beat him in one match and lost to everybody else <laughs> that Federer beat everybody else. Right. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of common opponents that, you know, whatever. Well, everything is pretty close. Right. One way or another. And let's be honest, if you over, you know, just kind of overlap or whatever you call it, the, the time where they were both in their prime. Right. I mean, Djokovic has them. Well, and here's why the prime argument, as you said, doesn't work. He's better now than he was five, six years ago. Everybody says. Apparently. He's so, number he's number whatever in the world. He's still top. And so, right. right. And so if he's better than he was, then he's in his prime by definition. Right. Uh, exactly. So you can't tell me, like like you said, if Federer's next year 26 in the world and Djokovic is twice next year, I won't necessarily count those. But then you also have to not count the ones where Djokovic was on the tour for six months and they played you know, in a tournament. So I just think it's, you count what you count. And I think that's why Federer ramps it up in those because he knows that the more those numbers don't go in his favor, if they even, do they even care about being the greatest of all time? I don't know. I mean, they're going to be considered one of the greatest of all time forever. Do they need to be like the clear one? Um, I think it may be a motivating factor in the now. Yeah. Like that's the guy that everybody says, so that's the guy I'm chasing, so that's what's motivating me. Right. Not oh, I'm looking for some lofty to be the greatest ever only. I'm sure it crosses I yes, I think it definitely crosses their mind. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was interesting, you know, reading some of the post-match comments from that that uh Federer Djokovic, they were, you know, they both said similar things about each other. You know, I guess Federer had some amazing shots and Djokovic said, "Well, that's what he does. He's Federer." And you know, Federer sort of said the same thing. Well, I expect nothing else from Novak, and it's. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's definitely got to be a. What that was was uh, code for yeah, I hate him. Right. 
Yeah, I hate him too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that is part of the reason that they're both so great, and that was such a great match. But that just shows you. I agree with you. Head to head, to me, I don't know if it's number one, but it's definitely in the top three. Well, um, it, when you have the body of evidence in the head to head matchup that they have. Yeah. Then it does. That's what I mean, because there was at one point where Nalbandian had a 5-0 and record against Federer. Well, yeah. obviously Nalbandian's not better than Federer, but he was 5-0 and against him, so it was just a matchup thing know, or whatever. that man bun. <laughs> or so like, but yeah, like you said, because everything else is so close, the head-to-head has to be a factor. Well, when you have that many, and, you know, every other, every other, um, you know, whatever you criteria, that's right. the word I'm looking for, um, are similar. You've played as much, you're at, you know, then, yeah, then I think head to head sort of becomes the, the, a deciding fact, a huge deciding fact. Cause again, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, you know, LSU, Alabama, and then a third team, like in the pac 12 in football, right. like trying to compare people that haven't yeah. played each other. I mean, those other things, like who you beat, how tough your your schedule was, those are when you don't play each other. Right. And so that sort of... Well, it's almost like a tiebreaker, you know, in football. Like you said, like there was one year recently where the Raiders were 6-0 and in their division. And they lost the division because they lost everybody else <laughs> except... Right. The so the division record doesn't matter unless you're close enough, you know, in all the other criteria. So, yeah, like you said, head-to-head, if you play three times and you lose all three, well, it doesn't matter if that was, you know, first round and... Gestad and you know terms of matter you have to beat them in meaningful matches which affect everything else so right so it, I mean it's 25 to 22 so they have played 47 times and the problem is 47 I, times I Federer has the edge on any surface anymore maybe on grass but they might play one more time in grass in their life right so I don't see how Federer ever closes that gap plus he's got to be fading at some point if he's not already. Who knows? And 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 Nadal, Djokovic has a winning record on Nadal. I think it's maybe one or two wins above, but same situation. So now he will benefit from those guys fading, but he's already ahead of both of them now. So if he was behind him now and then he passed him you know, from a few matches when they're over the hill, that's one thing. But Yeah, but people aren't looking at the evidence. No. So, yeah, Djokovic is 27-25 over Nadal. And listen, Nadal's dodging him, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, no way, he's hurt. <laughs> Just kidding. So. Holy I mean, hell. I think there's some truth to that. I, I think, you know, I think Nadal could have played the tournament, or obviously he wouldn't have shown up and attempted to, but he knowing you can't win. Some of the guys, when they know they can't win, they're not even going to play. And I don't mean that as an insult. Right. It's He'd like, rather just not start the tournament if you know you're not going to be able to make it through. Right. Oh man, how exciting is that to to kick kick the off season off with a great tournament like Par- Oh wait, we're not done yet. <laughs> Son of a gun. It's November and we're not finished. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we do have coming up and we'll talk about that when we come back. <laughs> It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas.
All right, the next tournament is Nito. It's Nito. Your favorite. The next gen. The old next gen. Which, again, for anybody out there, I call it the next next gen. Um, so here, let's, let's go through the groups. By the way, these group situations are such a hassle to follow, <laughs> I swear. Um, Let me ask you this. Will I have heard of all eight players? Mm, I know they have a weird person they add in as like a wild card. Mm, I forget how they determine that. I think it's the number one 18 and under or something. Mm, 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 mm. But um, um, I don't know if you'll, you've heard of all of them. You don't really watch tennis much. <laughs> all right. So group A. Stefano Tsitsipas. Yeah, you know he's him. He's got to be the favorite. He's the one. The yeah. two, from, and he's the top group. So they go one through, they go one, three, five, seven, and two, four, five. What the hell? No, they don't. So group A is. <laughs> it's a weird configuration. It really is. Do. It just doesn't make any damn sense. So group A is one, three, six, seven, and then group B is two, four, five, eight. So the number one player, Stefano Tsitsipas, next, next gen. Uh, group B, Alex Dimenauer. Okay. Okay. Next, next gen. The three, Francis, Tiafo. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he's American, so I have to like him. And another American, the four, Taylor Fritz. And then here's where it might get a little hairy. Uh, group A, the six. Well, let's go to the four, to the five. You know, Andre Rublev. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's kind of like, been looks like MIA lately. It looks like he hasn't had a nap since 1947. <laughs> I've actually seen him play in person. Hey. All right. The number six, Uber Hercax. I know the name, but I've never yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him play. Um the number seven Huami Huam Munar. Never heard of that Me in my either. life. And then the number eight, Liam Car Caruana. So I think that's the one. I, I they have some criteria. He's from for Italy. That. It's so like the best eighteen and under. Or that something. kid's from Italy, and that uh, Hercox guy is from uh, Poland. So anywho, so there you have it. So theoretically, it really should be a Sitsipas show, if you ask me, or Dimenauer. I think Sitsipas is head and shoulders above all those guys. Um, it'll be interesting, or will it? I was gonna say. I mean. The cool, I get the concept of it is, is building a fan base for those players that are theoretically going to be at the top of the game, you know, for the next 10 years. But is it, let me ask it, what's the difference between watching that and watching the, you know, USTA 16 national championships? Oh, by the way, it's the ATP finals that are Nito. Sorry. <laughs> next gen is just next gen, I oh, guess. I thought they were both Nito. No, I don't know. But, um, but I mean, to me, what's the difference if, if you're getting as obscure as those last three guys? Like, how is that any different than watching the USTA 16 Nationals? Because those theoretically should be guys that are on tour. I mean, I get this is international, but it's... To me, watching players you never heard of definitely takes a lot of the luster out of it. Well, you tell the ATP because um, they're doing the... It's, you know, it's a pure marketing situation, right. which I have no problem with, you know? I mean, we just watch Paris, which means nothing. Um <laughs> So as long as we can see it and they show it. Yeah. And again, it should be a showcase. I hope it's a showcase for maybe the top three or four players. I'd like to see a group. You're going to hate this idea. <laughs> but I'd like it. to see a group of 
Group A is 21 and under. Group B is 35 and over. <laughs> and then you qualify oh, and play this. <laughs> that sounds like a Rocky movie. Rocky 8. You know, well, uh, let's be fair. Um, you said you know I was going to hate it. You hate it, too. <laughs> so let's not, let's not get crazy No, here. I'd be more interested in that. Let's see. Car- okay, you'd be more interested in this garbage, but <laughs> you hate it nonetheless. Let's see Karlovich and uh, Benito in one group. And, um, yeah, no, I just think that, again, let's say the finals ends up being Hercox and Munahar. I'm not going to care about that, even though they are obviously great. But it's yep. just like a preview of what's to come, I guess. So that's why I've got to be excited about it. Well, what came out of the next gen last year? Chung won the final. So now, to be fair, he had injury issues. Right. Um, but that did seem to propel him for a little while on the tour. But he was already, he had a great U.S. Open last year, so he was already building on that. Well, let's see. Here, all right, here's the people that were in the quote-unquote next gen. Tell me if you think this year's eight are going to fare as well as last year's eight. Group, in their career or in 2019? In the following year. Okay. Here's group A. Rublev. He had a good year. Shapovalov. Obviously had a good year. Chung Hyung. Had a, yeah, had a good year. Gianluigi Quinzi, that was the, I he guess that's the, the Italian. Card, I think, yep. yeah. Um, Borna Chorich. Yeah, obviously good year. Jared Donaldson. Nah, he was okay. Daniil Medvedev. And he had a good year, too. And the last one, Karen Hatchinoff. Yeah, so, I mean, all those guys ended up. But the thing is, I had heard of all those guys going into that, that next gen. Right. So, I, I don't know why. I guess it's just a. I'm not sure what the reason behind it is, but this year, I've, like I said, it seems to be a lot more obscure guys. I mean, I expect Tsitsipas to have a great year in 2019. Yeah. The rest of those, I don't really see. But again, I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i sure I wouldn't have expected those guys to do, I didn't as good, do as well as they did this year. But I would say that group you listed for this year is way weaker than what it was last right. year. Well, listen, 2017 next-gen people are the ones that are going to – surpass the next gen right they're the ones that are going to surpass this group that's in the top 10 now yeah i would see i could see six of those eight you listed from last year being top five players at some point i know that math doesn't make sense well at some (laughs) point with team with you know um zverev you know with those players still in the mix right i I don't see anybody and jack sock I don't see anybody you listed that's in this year's that's a top five player except for Tsitsipas. And again, some of them are so new that maybe I just don't know about them. But well, I think that's part of it. And I, I think that's part I don't know that I would have said and catching off and you know Demon Hour Chung would have been top five. Rublev's in it again, right? And Demon Hour is somebody who's made some noise this year. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know if I hold out a lot of hope for Tiafo or Fritz. No, I I don't see top 10 for them but you know Tiafo's had some good matches against top players but I mean you're talking about so I mean Delpo here's the top 10 Djokovic, Nadal, Federer this is as of November 5th Uh, Djokovic Bilic has got to be in there team 
Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, Delpo, Zverev, Anderson, Chilich, team, and then uh, Nishikori and Isner hanging in at 10. And now catching off is to 11. And so he's going to be uh, he higher won't. than that after today. He'll be eight or nine. Yeah. Why does it say as of 11? I don't think they update it till Monday when they actually add the points. Right. So, anywho, so then you got catching off 11, George 12, Fanini, Edmund, Sitsa Pass is 15, Medvedev is 16, Schwartzman, Raonic, Dimitrov, and Chechenato. So, I mean, you know, David Goffin's down here. Right. So, yeah, Hyun Chun is 25, Gasquet hanging in at 26. (laughs) He did, not, he did not look good in this tournament. No, he <laughs> didn't. He's on the way out. So I, you know, I, I think you're right though that uh, these youngsters that are in this year's the 2018 um, next gen. So there's Alex Deminar, 31. Like you said they're not gonna. They're gonna. Their problem is the last year had the luxury of having to beat all these guys that are 28, 30, 32. And now these the guys for this year are going to have to go through those plus all the guys from the 2017 that are doing really well. Right. So they're going to have a much higher hill to climb. Right. In other words, you know, the dominant teams of the world, they were a little more easy pickings. Right. Not easy pickings, but, you know, more favorable. Right. But, yeah, that's exactly our whole theory. And that's what we have to see. The, 20, the 2017 next-gen-ish type people, um, and I guess, obviously, Rublev – Yet seats pass are still in this one, right? Um, you know. that's our whole that's yeah that's our whole argument is that those guys are going to surpass the the previous generation. And the thing I do like about this tournament is it it is an added level of pressure because now it's not just some random two fifty, right? It's hey the spotlight's on you. You're playing the quote unquote next best, even though there's such a big gap between some of these players. I mean, right. seats to pass versus, <laughs> you know, like the fifth guy. It's like t- 20 or 30 spots. It's a spots. little surprising he's playing, to be honest, because he's already accomplished so much. Well, he wants to play. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, well, and I think those guys, like, I think they all see it as an opportunity to beat someone who's their peer. And I think anytime you beat somebody, there's got to be some mental edge when you play them the next time. Well, anybody that's you know outside the top thirty is a great, great opportunity for them to make some change, right? And and to go up against you know quote unquote better players. Yeah, and see y'all are talking about this guy, and I'm as good as he is. But I mean, to me, if Sitsa Pass is sitting there at fifteen, I mean, he should put the absolute smackdown on you know everyone, really. It would be shocking if he didn't make the semis. Alex Dimenauer is 31. He's he's 15, 16 spots, uh, you know, yeah. lower. And he doesn't have to play him till the semis or finals. Well, yeah, probably right. final. But, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't win and then, his group, I'd be shocked. And then Tiafo's 40. He's on down the list. I mean, that's pretty far away. Fritz is 47. So he's on down. You and know, I don't know how he's 47 because I, I have not seen him in a Masters tournament this year. <laughs> I mean, he's been deep in a couple of those small, small hardcore tournaments. Rublev is 68. And that's mostly from injury. He's ranked he's right. better than that. Yeah. And that, hell, that's probably a reason he's playing. Right. Get more match time. So, you know, so to me, the the outcome of this tournament is either Cesar Pass dominates and establishes himself firmly as a, you know, a next-next-gener. Right. 
who's going to hopefully overtake these scrubs. Or it's like, oh, he just had one good year and it's over already. <laughs> right. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he's – that's a – I mean, I think you definitely get some attention for winning it. And so there, that's always a positive. But I do think it adds pressure. You know, oh, you won this, so that means you're ready for the, you know, the big guns now. And I think there's much more expectation in the next tournament you play if you win this. I can't find so I'm I'm in the 120s and I'm still not to <laughs> all of them. I uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think. By the way, 137 Julian Benito. Didn't you just mention <laughs> mention him as yeah. in the 35 and over group? He could be in the other group. I'm telling you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. Some of those guys are pretty far. Like I haven't heard of them, and I'm I feel pretty confident I would recognize everybody in the top hundred. Right. So I knew they had to be pretty far down. I do think that, like I said, there's one, maybe because it's in Milan, they picked the best under 21 Italian or something. There's some concession they have for the Yeah, the, it's in Italian, both times, right. last year and this year. So it's got to be something for the eighth spot. The so that person court. I understand why I haven't heard of. Right. Um, And they usually get crushed. Like, I think he got crushed last year. Yeah. So now the most important thing about the next gen tournament by far i mean i don't care about who's next i don't care about the results the most important thing is what sort of nonsense are they going to do the introductions to this year do you remember that last no, year no i don't remember that um, i know they had the crazy rules they were implementing i thought that's what you're going to say that's actually fun i mean we've talked about that and what better time yeah what better time to sort of try to implement some things? But, God, are they doing that again? I just remembered that. The th- the three out of five set to four games. Remember how much we hated that? I forgot I, about that. Well, they, they're going to do some things. I don't know. I, I we'll talk about what in a second. But So, last year, they had some kind of weird, like, models coming, like, walking all the players out. And it was such oh, a – they can't do that in this day and age. Well, they did last year. <laughs> this day well, and that's age. what I mean. They won't do it again. <laughs> Well, Surely. they got hammered yeah. for it. <laughs> hammered for it. Now I do remember that. So, yeah. So, anyway, hopefully, um, yes, they won't. Because that, that was an embarrassment. But, but that's I'm sure Italy. they're going to do the shot clock. That's Italy. What are you going to do? What would be interesting is if they ever did on-court coaching for this tournament. Um, or not even on-court, just whatever. You know, once a set even. Right. Um. Let's see. I'm looking for the story from last year, but that's all right. <laughs> no, I now that you mention, I do remember that being <laughs> a uh, talking point. And yep. again, it drew attention in the tournament that it probably a lot not not good attention, of course, but it drew, you know, attention to that for whatever reason. Well, you got all these young guys and just all looking super uncomfortable because they're doing creepy stuff <laughs> as they as they bring in. Uh, it's just it was just weird. It was absolutely weird. So, um, no, I wish they'd give me some links to this thing. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything for this year in terms of, like, just craziness. I'm sure they will do something. But, again, I don't mind that, actually, at all. Well, that's a perfect time to do it, like you said, because those are the players that are going to be less, uh, you know, that are going to be more willing to do it, I think, as opposed to the players that have been on tour for, you know, 10, 15 years. Well, 
They're going to have more on-court video reviews this year. Oh, that's fun. I think every. I think you should be able to challenge everything. That's basically what this is. Double bounces, touching the net, reaching over the net. But again, that happens so infrequently. That's. I mean, that's the thing. Right. Oh, there we go. Yep. Um, Shot clock, like I said. Shorter format. Yeah, I'm so not a fan first of First four game sets, tiebreak at three all. Are you kidding me? That's so <laughs> stupid. Shorter warm up, who cares? They don't really show any of that anyway. Shot clock, fantastic. Now, what about let's? How do you feel about let's? <sighs> you know, I, I don't know. I'd, I would hate for it to lose a game because somebody served a ball that hit the net and rolled over. Right, but it happens on a forehand or a backhand. Yeah, but at least you did. I mean, yeah, I guess. So player coaching, players and coaches will be able to communicate at certain points in the match to be determined, providing additional content and entertainment value for the broadcast. Coaches will not be allowed on court. Boo! <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, they're showing um, the story I'm reading is just about some of the changes they've been this year, uh, and it's talking about you know Wimbledon and Davis Cup, and they did coaching like in the U.S. Open qualifying shot clock, but yeah, none of these are really happening in the next gen except for. Uh, well, they said coaching, they just won't tell us what. Okay, so they haven't decided, but yeah, they're doing that, except for the video reviews. They need. They're scared to try. They there there will be no venue where they try all in, full on, full access coaching like on-court coaching, like college or Davis Cup. And they should because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to record every match of next gen? <laughs> no. I'm That's not. always my test because you probably recorded Kansas City against the Cleveland Browns today, didn't you? Uh, I'm going to say yes so you don't tell me what happened. I'm not going to tell you what happened because <laughs> um, I don't care what happened in that dumb game. <laughs> All right. that Put it this way. If I say Kansas City won a hundred to nothing, <laughs> that guess is probably as close to reality, probably because uh, the Browns are awful and the Chiefs are unbelievable, and I hate them both. But yeah. my point being is, you record garbage like that, <laughs> so why wouldn't you record some of these people you've never heard of? Because that's a tournament that I, again, not to be negative, because we're not negative on this show. It's a tournament that I will watch if I have free time. It's not something I'm going to set aside time to watch. Um, well, well, you should. Um, you're a co-host on a tennis <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but in that logic, I should watch every tennis match that's ever aired on TV. Now he's getting it. <laughs> Finally, he's getting it, folks. We're Hey, next week, we're going to knock it out of the park. I'm telling you. I mean, that. I will be very interested in the semis and the finals of that tournament. I'm not interested to watch Tsitsipas win 6-1-6-1 against Ali Azim. <laughs> I was trying to... I wish that kid was in it. I was trying to say the guy from uh, uh, The Dictator, but I couldn't think of what his name was. Uh, Aladdin. There you uh, go. Gotcha. Aladdin. No idea. Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody got that. Um, but, yeah, that was... Uh, that's That doesn't interest me. And that the round-robin format is kind of set up... If it works out great, it, it's great. If it doesn't, there's a lot of matches that aren't very appealing. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go into it knowing what you're looking at, I mean, I am going into it watching the matches to really put Sitsa Pass up against that measuring stick of you should be beating these guys handily right. if you think you're the next guy. 
Well, and I think what is cool about watching up and coming players is they generally will pull out some shots that you're like, wow, that's that's a shot I haven't seen, you know, ever or in There's a while. There's a whole lot of shots you haven't seen. <laughs> trust me. I don't mean that I've hit because oh, a lot of shots I haven't oh, hit. Oh, I see. But, you know, you watch these young guys and they're always trying crazy shots. The energy's there, the intensity. You know, I think that that part of it is exciting. But what I what annoys me about the next gen is that everybody there gets so much hype deserved or not like right i'm gonna be getting yep. texts oh my god have you seen this guy his forehand is incredible he's gonna be number one in the world and it's like he hit one forehand in the other 10 were out yeah well and here's the other thing how do you really know when it's best out of like 1.7 games <laughs> um, that that makes me not want to watch it that format it really does that really hinders my it, I, you're exactly right i think yeah, that's dumb. I, did, I remember, I will admit, I did not watch a minute of it last year, and I remember looking up the scores and being, like, disgusted. 4-2, in the final set. And I'm like, you played the same number of games as a match. What did you accomplish? Right. Like, that's what I don't get. You play three out of five. You're playing maybe one or two less total games. Right. So I don't understand how that makes it more exciting. It, it doesn't. It makes it horrific. I mean, why not just play two out of three game sets and play best of 11 sets. And what's the difference? <laughs> I don't understand. Because uh, you got to win 12 games. Basically, you got to win 12 games. Exactly the same. Yeah. Except in sets of four instead of th- instead of six. Right. I don't understand. I don't either. It's dumb. It's dumb. And that's exactly out of all the different things they're going to do. To me, that is by far the dumbest thing. Why don't they just shoot free throws? <laughs> I mean, what? that's the only other thing they could do. <laughs> To make it different than tennis is do some other sport. But how many people are going to turn it on and not have any idea what is going on? Paddle tennis. In terms of just, the scoring. Just play paddle tennis or pickleball. Yeah. What's the difference? It's Yeah, why don't we just serve like volleyball and if you win, you keep serving. Uh, Ooh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't get side out. what they're trying to do. I they just, don't do side out anymore, by the way. That was back <laughs> no, when don't. I was in PE back in the 80s. <laughs> that was a movie too, wasn't it? Side out. <laughs> But yeah, see Thomas Howell, that's baby. Right. See uh, what Amer- one of America's greatest treasures. <laughs> Only in this show we get a see Thomas Howell reference. But no, I I just things like again change wait, things wait, wait, that wait, make wait. sense. Are you telling me that see Thomas Howell is not worth a reference, sir? I'm telling you that no one else digs as deep for references as we he do. He was part of one of the greatest movies of all time, sir. That wasn't Side Out. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name any? Can you name any movies? That See, I, I guarantee you, I've seen a bunch of movies he he's in. I don't even know that I could recognize him in a picture, but I Ouch. know that he was in a lot of movies before my time. I'm you know, so young and vibrant, <laughs> um, young and something. <laughs> but no, was he in just one of the guys or um, any? You're Sixteen just... Candles or one of the? <laughs> I'm just gonna start naming '80s movies until I hit on one. Oh my god. All right, so how about... I know he wasn't in Breakfast Club. True. Um, how how about from 1983... Which is the year I was born, by the way. Was it really? Yes. Oh, my God. How old are you, 12? <laughs> so you're 10 years younger than me. <laughs> what month were you born? August. Oh, okay. All right, so 1983... The Outsider. Pony Boy Curtis, baby. Oh, yeah. That was, that was yeah, a Yeah, you're movie. damn right. It was a great movie. Of course it was. Patrick Swayze. Rob, Rob Lowe, right? Rob Lowe. There you go. See? There was a... Every, put it this way. Every every actor Matt you had Dillon. a crush... Every <laughs> actor you had a crush on 
was in that movie. <laughs> Matt Dillon. Yeah. Ralph Macchio. That's come right, on. That's right. Huh? Emilio Estevez. Tom Cruise. Tom come Cruise on. was in that? Yeah. Huh. Of course, he, he was, uh, yeah. So, yeah. all right. How about this one? You, uh, if you've seen this movie, I don't know. <laughs> 1984, Tank. I have not, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Oh, my goodness. What an absolute <laughs> stunning movie. James Garner. Are you kidding me? <laughs> all right, but but possibly his greatest role of all time. Better than The Outsiders? Oh, yeah, but with some of the same cast. And Side Out? Uh, some of the same cast. Rumblefish? <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of every eighth grade novel you had to read? 1984. Red Dawn. I have seen that also. You're damn right you've seen it. <laughs> you didn't know there was a remake that was horrible. Oh, with uh, about five Thor? years ago. Yes. Oh, it was horrific. It was really bad. Oh, God, it was horrific. <laughs> now, this may be one of the worst movies you've ever heard of. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, it couldn't be made today or the whole entire studio would be canceled and thrown in jail. <laughs> 1986, wearing blackface, oh, Soul Man. See, I've never seen that. So it, to it, <laughs> it's so offensive. <laughs> he he plays a black character. Just listen to my face. Just listen to my face. <laughs> I'm gonna get thrown in jail just for reading the description of the movie. To achieve his dream of attending Harvard, <laughs> a pampered teen poses as a young black man to receive a full scholarship. Oh yeah, that's. I that's have cool. to imagine that if you want to figure out what not to do any given <laughs> Halloween. Watch that movie. <laughs> Holy moly, that had to be. I think the only movie in the last 25 years that's successfully done blackface is Tropic Thunder, uh, outside of that. Well, and it was because it was it was a white guy who was, like the character was right. that idiot, you know, the yeah. idiocy of. But he what, even got a lot of criticism for that. Right. Even, even with that. Right. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to be seeing a remake of that anytime soon. I mean, that's incredible that he, if anybody came across that and remembered that, he'd never act again. <laughs> he'd never act again. I don't think he is. No, he has. <laughs> oh, he's been in stuff recently. No, I think he is still acting. I thought oh, he, he was. for sure is. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, and I'm pretty sure I've seen parts of Soul Man, if you will. You told me that was your favorite movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get us some negative attention. Oh, please do. <laughs> No, he um he was actually no. So if anybody looked back and saw that movie, and they're like, "Hey, wait, is that C. Thomas Howell?" He'd be finished. He <laughs> was in Twenty Four a little bit. The, wasn't he in The Hitcher? ER eighties with Rudger Hauer. Oh, look at you remembering <laughs> movies. I used to watch that movie a lot. I don't know if he was in it or not. I don't know. I thought oh, he was. We'll find out. I thought he was the victim in that. We'll find out. It was some. Yeah, it was one of those guys. He was in War of the Worlds. The new version with Tom Cruise? Yeah. Oh, okay. See, Tom Cruise, it's all <laughs> coming full circle. You know what? I think I have actually read that they're friends, and I think they're in a lot of movies together. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so he was also recently in, or was it, one of these one of these uh, superhero type movies. Oh. Oh, he, Amazing Spider-Man. There you go. That's something, next, right? Next week, we're going to go through Molly Ringwald's filmography. Oh, we can do that right now if you want. I'll do it right now. Everybody's already turned this off. You can do whatever you want. All I'm saying is I cannot believe that he did a 
movie called Soul Man. <laughs> I, I forgot all about that movie. That is horrific. <laughs> That's the problem with the internet. So anyway, it's, nothing so, goes away once you do it. So how do we get on C. Thomas Howell? Side out volleyball. Oh, nice! Uh, wow, <laughs> what a rabbit hole we just went down. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so if Rumble you continue fish. to make crazy rule changes like this, you're going to end up like Soul Man. Uh, no, where nobody wants to watch you. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. I understand the concept of making new rules, but I can't imagine that was a success. I can't believe they're doing it again this year. He's in a couple movies in 2018, by the way. So here's the <laughs> Can thing. He follow us on the uh, on Twitter. Ooh, he wants to get back into some real movies. He might. We'll tag him in this. Hey, baby. Um, no, he he wants no part of Soul Man. I promise <laughs> you, he wants no it's part of Soul Man. It's gonna be the quicker unfollow than Yanina Wickmeyer. You know, follow and unfollow once he hears. Unbelievable. She did that to us twice. <laughs> So, yes, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about 80s movies and Molly Ringwald, pretty in pink. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, but here's the thing. They only have a, a, a barely a draw with some of these players. So they got they feel like, oh, I got an idea. Let's do a bunch of goofy stuff like, right. you know, two-game sets. Why not do the multicolored court like that you love from uh, World Team Tennis? And throw the challenge fat flag with streamers on it. <laughs> Whee! So, yeah, it's, I, you know. All right, well, listen, I'm please, I implore you to record and try to watch. Just watch it on fast speed. <laughs> the format is already that. Good point. And then uh, that way at least we'll have something to come back and talk, talk and they about. They don't do doubles in this right it's just i hope not i don't think they do you can't make doubles any worse than it is Teenagers already don't know how to play doubles true it can't be so well uh what do you got you got a Corey's corner today no no oh my god you're the worst <laughs> you are the absolute worst put you in a corner uh, uh hey dirty dancing nobody puts Corey in a corner that's right unless See? it's Corey's corner <laughs> <laughs> See, Patrick no Swayze. I don't know 80s movies. Patrick Swayze, also in Outsiders and Red, and Red Dawn. Yeah. And one of the greatest American movies of all time, Roadhouse. Now now we're talking. Now we're talking. Hey, be nice <laughs> until it's time to not be nice. How, how will I know you when know, it's time? I'll tell you. So you got to tell me what line I use in my lessons constantly from Roadhouse. And I give... Patrick Swayze credit for the line. It's about uh, when I tell him I'm going to teach him something new, like a new stroke or a change to their current stroke. I don't know. It hit me. It'll get worse before it gets better. Oh, nice. That's what I tell him every yeah, time. Yeah, baby. And I said in the immortal line of a roadhouse, because anytime you learn something new in tennis, it sucks. And then people say, I don't want to do this anymore. So, oh, yeah. Well, it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. It gets better. Uh, you, well, for your your students, I don't know about the better part, but it'll definitely get worse. I thought you were going to go worse than that. I thought you were going to say they can't get any worse. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can, you can make I it worse. I should have known it was turning to me oh, instead yeah. of them. No, your players, are, your students are wonderful, wonderful people and wonderful players. It's You're, you're the problem. They're good at everything except picking coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just think of what their potential could be. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. All so. the listeners I've drawn to this podcast. Exactly. This is the abuse I get. Oh, you're a fine, fine tennis instructor. <laughs> so, uh, no corner. Great no. job. Well, I think that's uh, all we squeezed out of this. Uh, a lot more out of Paris than I thought we'd get. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Well, yeah. Next week, we've got the 
recap of Neato and then or of, of next gen and then the preview of Neato. Uh oh, that sounds Neato. <laughs> Sorry again, I'll say that again. <laughs> well, next week we're it, it won't be ready Monday at twelve midnight because we're probably recording Monday. I know that's when you all get on to listen. Oh, I know they do. Right when it comes oh, I know out. they're waiting for it to come up. Yeah. They're refreshing their phone constantly, waiting for it to start. Nobody listens to this on their phone. <laughs> they all listen to this on transistor radios somehow. Somehow. Dial up. I saw a guy, a guy walking around a track the other day, and he had a he had a clock radio in his arm listening to music while he's walking. I'm like, dude, wow. they've come a long way since 1973. <laughs> um, you can get one much smaller. He didn't have smaller. the boom box over his shoulder. <laughs> Almost. He got rid of that recently. Almost. So anyway. Or the Walkman. Sorry, I didn't mean to make fun. He wasn't that old either. That was what was. Uh, no, he was. I'm kidding. You of course have, he was. You could have talked to him about all these movies. <laughs> <laughs> for my <laughs> movies from my era. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, goodness. All right. Nothing else? That's it. Oh, man. I'm so glad to hear you say that. <laughs> you have no idea the joy that brings me. When Unless you we're got... going to Adventures in Babysitting. That's my 80s movie. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue over Molly Ringwald all day. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that. See? I'm with you on that. She didn't make enough of them, though. Molly Ringwald has the volume. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's the problem. For sure. Greatest of all time. <laughs> That's what we'll talk about next week. Greatest of all time, 80s actresses. Yeah. Maybe not. Ali Sheedy. <laughs> done i <Yeah>. win <laughs> i win you don't know anymore that's a problem yeah exactly that is the problem <laughs> ali sheedy's a joint yeah she was all right what you're out of your mind <laughs> you're out of your look you're more animated about this and so am i than tennis yeah i know what what time what time of year is this again <laughs> yeah we have all the whole winter to discuss all these 80s classics i'm not saying i'm fire what about kelly mcgillis McGillis, is that right? Yeah, but she was a grown-up, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying. So it's okay for us to talk about how hot teenagers were, and because it's in the 80s, we were teenagers. Yeah, or you weren't born yet. <laughs> no, Demi Moore was in Saint Elmo's Fire. There you go, along with Ali Sheedy and some others. Anyway, all right, enough of the movie talk. Send us your favorite 80s movie slash actor slash actress. Hey, Judd Nelson, if you're listening, call in. <laughs> He's not doing anything else. Hey, what are you talking about? He's in stuff. <laughs> no, Actors act. Is. That's right. All right. Nothing else? No. Me either. So if you're sick of uh, movie talk, we apologize. <laughs> Tune in next week for actual tennis talk. But in the meantime, continue to spread the word. Um, I see him. I see the numbers. I see him tick up ever so slightly. It drives me insane. Are you people just not that sociable? Or do you just not have that many friends? I don't know which it is. It's got to be one or the other. Or are you so protective over this precious podcast that you don't want let, to let anyone else in? I <laughs> they get are it. an individual sport, so maybe they don't have it's any friends. It's a great point. That is a great point. And they probably feel like the pod karma has given them an edge. <laughs> but I, I would say this. Pod karma works negatively if you don't share it. That's a new rule. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, right. but we're going to go with it. So watch our numbers triple. Um, <laughs> so we'll be at eight. I don't know what a third of eight send is. It out like a chain letter. Send this to ten people or else. <laughs> <laughs> so spread the word. Share. Listen. The first here's the first problem is getting people over the hump of what is a podcast. Right. I don't know what this thing right. is. What is that icon on my phone? I've never <laughs> seen. I've never. It's it, the the Apple the iPhone podcast app is one of those icons you can't delete. Right. So it's on everyone's phone. So I just, I just, I, I'm, I get so tickled. 
when I say, yeah, there's a little icon. It's purple. It's got a little <laughs> eye on it. I don't think that's on my Never phone. Never click that. Well, dumb dumb it is on your phone. You have it. It's right there. So click that. Help them get into it. And just, just subscribe for them. Yes, they'll look down one day and all their memory will be taken up and they won't be able to figure <laughs> out why. I know. I get it. Um, but I'd rather have them delete pictures of their family than not listen to this podcast. Yeah, than miss an episode of yeah. this great content. Yeah, of course. So help people out. Don't just tell them about it. Help them find it because a lot of people just don't listen to podcasts. You smart, wonderful, beautiful people do, of course. But your friends, they're terrible people and they don't. <laughs> so do that. And, of course, continue to follow us on Twitter. Um, I don't know why. Uh, we don't send Instagram photos out. I really don't tweet that much. I haven't gotten in a Twitter fight lately. I need to for some reason. I'm, I haven't. I don't know why. But in, in any event, follow us on Twitter. It's, um, it's not mandatory, but it's close. Tennis Rev Pod at tennis rev pod on twitter and again like i said every now and again i'll get into a dumb fight because whatever because i talked about the movie soul man or something <laughs> and so everybody loses their mind how dare you bring that up i mean, be, uh, that might be actually the next one i get into <laughs> so also tennis revolution pod at tennis revolution pod on instagram up to 111 lucky 111 111 followers on instagram and you know how many pictures <laughs> none you're welcome you are absolutely welcome uh for me doing that service for you of not inundating you with nonsensical pictures um so follow us on those two spread the word on those two and uh and let's keep this thing growing uh we got we got a tough winter to get through here uh not a lot of tennis to be played but we are your place for tennis over the winter we will not abandon you we will skip family holidays we will <laughs> shun be shunned by our, our relatives all to bring you tennis content or 80s movies content, whichever. <laughs> whichever draws doing. the most interest. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we're we're experiencing a format change. Uh, <laughs> 80s movies with a tinge of tennis. That's right. Are there any tennis 80s movies? That's next week. Yeah. Well, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys.